Well, it's a dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense. Trying to tangle with us, scoop up a big black booties in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, Well, we're back with another. We're back with a heavyweight. Back with a heavyweight. Well, back with a heavyweight. I guess we sort of came back in the new year, but this is—it's funny because it's like a. Uh, like a traditional talking point for a lot of NBA podcasts, and I just could not raise it any enthusiasm about the NBA All Star starters. I, it's about as relevant I, I, as the All Australian teams in the AFL. I mean, at least the NBA yeah. All Star teams play each other, but it's like, good on you. You, you get you, you get a day to punce about. I mean, the weird thing is that Kevin Durant actually wants to play in the All Star game. You would have thought that yeah. you'd take the opportunity just to chill, but I guess he, I guess the All Star game is relatively relaxed, so it would be like a, it probably has the intensity of a particularly excitable shoot around. Well, it's probably more for him like a a, a game of street ball, right? And that's the sort of a game you know, of I make sure your contract be- incentives are lined up as well. <laughs> Although I think I you think know, if you're selected and you don't play because of injury, you still get the incentives. Mm. Well, that's the, the, yeah. There's a couple of things there I want to touch on, but um, the only way I can see real interest in the All Star Game is if they manage to rig it that Giannis can just pick an all international team against uh, against LeBron and you know an all American team, yeah, and then should- Jokic and and those guys might actually try. Giannis and LeBron should probably cook that up amongst themselves because they can cook it up yeah. in the day now that now that they are literally picking it. Yeah, yeah. Now, like five now minutes before tip off, which kind of makes you wonder what's the point of having coaches. I mean, what's yeah. what are the coaches actually going to be able to impart? Is that we're just going to run fucking hammer? You know, we're, well, we're not going to do much. Well, it's funny hearing Zach Lowe and Simmons talk about the the time they coached the celebrity game, and I think both of them sort of thought that they would be able to try some stuff and contribute and they're like no no it was just an absolute clusterfuck and our yeah. team got hijacked by Kevin Hart and showboating and and it was a terrible experience celebrities like to ISO it's weird and you think about think about NBA all-stars is they're celebrities so they like yeah. to ISO cuz cuz you know Jokic is going to rock up throw a couple of passes l- l- look like you know he doesn't belong there and then you know go and drink a beer with Luca and I just sort of – I would love to see a situation where, uh, like, some of those guys that are, you know, real killers took it seriously. But it's funny. I, I played touch with two guys that were, like, absolute legends of the game in social touch. And one of them was, like, Kobe, right? Every single game was um, How the much like game. Kobe? Oh no, no, not quite that much like Kobe. No, more, more in that he couldn't cross the line without taking it seriously, right? So he could be playing fucking a, a warm-up game with fourteen-year-olds, and he just absolutely had to win. He just there was just no situation where he didn't have to win. And then played with an, another guy who was a World Cup-winning Men's Open captain, and he'd just sort of cruise around, and you know, I, I would, I would get the ball as much as he would, and he just sort of chat to me while I was playing, and then. These 
couple of eighteen-year-old punks in a, in a team that were playing scored twice on us and just gave it specifically to him all the way back. That like both times. Oh, you know you're you're not that fucking good. <laughs> and it was like it's like poking a bear. And just, yeah. This bear woke up from yeah, slumber no, no, no. and he came. And he's he's went bang bang three tries like long ball, short ball, dive over. And then just went back to chill in the end again. I just went, holy shit. That's a, that's a switch you can switch on and off very, very easily. But that's um, why you can afford to be smug and chill yeah, about the yeah. whole thing. You just go, yeah, I'm just, I'm just having a good time. And that's, that's how I sort of feel about Jokic. The only sort of little tidbit that I did find interesting that Jokic was the favourite player of the players. Yeah. And Trey yeah. Young was... Trey Young was like 13th out of guards. Trey, everyone fucking <laughs> hates Trey Young. All guards, he was 13th. And like- They just don't rate him, eh? No. They do not rate no. him. Which makes it interesting if you were trying to- Like, would you trade for him if you were a small market team? Because you, he's not exactly going to pull in fellow travellers. No, you can't use him as a way of trying to bring- No. Yeah. He's not going to bring free agents there. And Atlanta should be a free agent destination because it's a city that, let's be honest, it's a city that, that, that black people like and enjoy living yeah. in because it's it's a it's a good, <laughs> it's the, a, you know, of, welcoming town. Because of Lou, Lou Wombs wing favourite wings place? No, well, there is that. But also because it's it's um, it's um the city itself, it's a bit like Austin in yeah. Texas. It's relatively progressive, surrounded by a whole lot of fucking yeehaw cleaners get me the shotgun. Uh, but, you know, black people in, love living in, in Atlanta, as near as I can. This sounds like a very patronising fucking generic statement. No, but, but it's, it's, a, it's- What I understand from the black people in American media I listen to, like your Bamardi Joneses and your Dominic Foxworths and people like that, is that it is, it, it should be a, the sort of place where NBA players want to go, but the team is so apocalyptically poorly mm. run that it doesn't work out that way. Well, and that was the thing with Phoenix, right? Is, and that's why Phoenix went for $4 billion, because literally, it, it is an NBA player destination. NBA players would like to go and live with Phoenix, and it's just like, well, if you had a- Yeah, they, they like living in Stockton, in Scottsdale. Yeah, if you guys had Scottsdale. a decent owner, we would probably come there more. Um, they don't like living in Stockdale. Because <laughs> that's the guy who makes up the weird bios on Spotify. A little bit of crossover uh, podcasting there for you people. Yeah. Um, Hashtag you're welcome. I've been watching a bit of the Thunder lately, right? Just because Giddy's yeah. on a little bit of a tear, and and SGA is just because they're really fucking and good. they're fun to watch. They're just like it's it's a little bit like watching a prototype Denver, where everyone just moves, knowing that you know Shay and, and Giddy are going to either do something or give them the ball. Like no one's sort of standing around Lakers style waiting for shit to happen. Um, but it, it it got me thinking: should the Boomers like? Let go of negative gearing, yeah, they should. I think the boomers Stretch should themselves and, and get, get a coach like the fourth musketeer or Willie Green. You know, someone that's that's got a bit of an experience. No, no, I reckon Brian Gurgeon. <laughs> well, he's quit. But do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, get someone who's used to lineups that have to change at, at a moment's notice, extracting more out of the talent than what probably should be there, dealing – you know, I think I think people who are coaching Australia and people who coach NBL yeah. teams are probably relatively good at that mm. anyway, which is why Brent Brown was a good coach for the um, the process era yeah. Sixers because you know he he was generally coaching yeah. rubbish, uh, and it was rubbish. That, you know, it might have Joel and Bean on the day, but it might not, or it might have Ben Simmons on the day, but it might not. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I actually don't think well, the other th- coaching is the flaw with the Boomers as much as picking Dillabadova over Oh, Rex. well, and Giddy, mate, like, they, they're they like, oh, no, you know, you, ne- you need a couple more years seasoning. It's like, mate, if you'd given him 10 minutes of a game instead of Delhi, like, it's pretty obvious that he's way more mature than everyone thinks. Well, if you do that now... Yeah, oh, if you do no, that even then, you know, maybe because uh, the thing the thing that frustrated me was out of the train because they went to America and had all those training camps, and you know they they scrimmaged against the USA and stuff like that, and everyone was like, "Oh, Giddy's just absolutely carving it up." But Gorgian, sort of old school NBA coach, is like, "No, no, you're the rookie. Your time will come," sort of thing. And it's just like with the Olympics, you got to roll the dice, don't you? Like. Oh, I just, I just couldn't understand why they didn't take him instead of, you know, some of the guys that didn't get off the. He he would have contributed more than Delhi. I mean, I don't, I don't care how good Delhi was in the yeah. room, um, but you still could have taken. And they did go through a traumatic event with, um, with Bainsey. I don't know to what extent Delhi helped with tying shit together there. You could but, have taken you know, Delhi, and he could have played this the the position that some of those uh, experienced European um, players did for that Olympics, you know. You play two or three minutes in garbage time, uh, you know, you're the the healthy backup. But I just wonder whether... It could have been the shift in this I just wonder whether Giddy Giddy could have given him a When he was trying to get back in the league. And to be fair, Delhi is, of course, helming the Sacramento Kings to the number one net team in the NBA (laughs) over the last 10 games. Have you been reading Fox Sports again? Occasionally I get the Fox Sports alert and, and it's like, Matthew, I think they call themselves Code. Now, Matthew Delavadova, Sacramento Kings. I'm like, well, that's a that's really. Uh, I mean, he's been he's been photographed in the same room as the Sacramento Kings. Oh. It is insane that the Kings are comfortably the number one net team over the last ten. They are ridiculous, ridiculous at the it, moment. It's good to have a little bit of a a shake up, though. I feel. Like and to be fair, the OKC in the last ten are, are the number three net yeah. team, and they won today, so they must be nine and four this year. In yeah. Games played this and year, and they've had three. Three. Hey, they're here. There are no more questions. They're not, no more rebuilds. This is it. They're well, here. Let's go. If they if they can win a few more, and the clip, you know, the Clippers are one quiet injury away from they get to swap pick, picks with the Clippers. If the Clippers have more injuries. The Clippers are my only team in the top ten, so let's be a little bit kinder. I mean, apart from your fucking useless Phoenix Suns, who are ninth, five hundred and ninth, and useless. Yeah. Well, the Pelican, Pelicans. I'm thirty lot- wins behind in the wins. Yeah, conference. I'm. I'm. I'm finding it really hard not to say anything <laughs> because I've got a. Ve- well, what can I've you say? A, There's nothing I've to say. I've got a very healthy lead, but it's still a healthy lead that could be run down with what with a couple of bad injuries. So it would take nuclear war. Or some sort of COVID that only affects yeah. your teams. You're okay. Yeah, that's probably right. You're definitely getting a six-pack of Forex. Not, pa- not Powers Gold, to. to be ironic. Well, I'm starting <laughs> to think that, you know, if they are going to bring back Powers Bitter, it will be as that kind of ironic reshes thing aimed at the kind of the inner, inner suburban Jesus Brisbane. Christ. Uh, in the same way that, that Resh- they, I mean, Reshes hasn't been – they, they – Ripped up the breweries and sold them for in Sydney and sold them for um, apartment space, but they still brew the, the supposedly iconic Carlton United, um, re, you know, the Reshes and the Tooths beers in order to sell to hipsters in, in, in a suburban city. 
and I can very much see that. With, is that with the powers. like the the beer version of the Bugatti? You know, where you buy the badge and and you know produce something under the badge, and it sort of gives you a nostalgia bump for for your company. No, I think it's to the extent that it's selling something that it isn't quite, I suppose. But it, it's more about giving people who want to drink generic slop but want to also signal to their hipster mates that they're hipsters. So, so this is the beer that people who want to drink Forex or VB but who are in the environment of people who drink craft beer, so they're drinking the kind of the ironic cachet legacy regional brand in order to kind of signal that they are in the in-group without actually having to drink any of the other than the terrible shit that they uh, that they actually really want to be drinking, which is very N- Nostalgia is a funny thing. Uh, Harry Styles covering um, Sledgehammer came across my YouTube algorithm. Covering his mouth with plastic and then just- And it was pretty poor. And, like, I was like, oh, I- of course it was. It's Harry yeah, Styles. But that's what it- Apparently a, a fucking, a, a, a version of June Rats covering fucking- Am I ever going to see your face again by the angels oh, within the hottest 100 earlier today? We should probably save our traditional. <laughs> um, well, I'm not even. I'm not. I'm not even paying attention. But I just raise that to say that it's the same thing, isn't it? It's just you know doing a really piss poor generic washed out cover of what used to mean something, but the, is very much a but, thing in in the music and also in beer because the the beer the craft beer hottest 100 is also happening at the moment and very much seeing that. It's the same kind of result. You know, you get the, the lots of people saying, none of my picks made the, made the top ten, and I'm not sure which countdown you were voting for, but I know that you're about my own. Um, but I went back and listened to the original because I've got a really fond memory of that song as just this banging pop tune. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Super 80s production. It's, it's not as good as I remember. And I, I wonder if, if, you know, if you found in a time capsule a, a, a Reshes from – back in the day and gave it to someone now, they go, oh, okay. It's probably not as good as my memory of it is, I guess. Oh, it's not. Absolutely isn't. But m- people didn't drink beer for the taste mm. of it. They drank it for the signals it sent to the There's a re- People drank Forex in order to hang out with other people who drank Forex. There's a really interesting book. Um, that, I don't know if you, if you remember a book called They're a Weird Mob that, that kicked around probably a, a generation before us about an Italian um, yeah. coming to Sydney and sort of discovering the My real Ocker Australianisms, I guess you'd call it. And, yeah. and it would, it's it's a very uh, – That was the lived experience of my grandfather. You'd, pr- you'd probably call it – He didn't write the book because his English wasn't good enough, but yeah, that was probably experience. almost call it racist now, but it's, it's a very interesting artifact – artifact of its time but anyway he wrote another book about this english bloke um from a mega brewery in england being sent out to do some research and they they were basically looking at you know taking over a chain of hotels and and bringing you know their beer to the australian market and so this guy did this drinking tour of australia which you know obviously led to some sort of funny anecdotes but there was a whole heap of sort of interesting it's like a snapshot of where the Australian beer industry was in the in the seventies, and you know he's talking to it wasn't it a good place? well he's talking to all these brewers that are you know really excellent sort of chemists slash brewers, and they're like yeah no we've got a we, we've essentially got a 
provide Forex or VB. And if we want to do something new, it's got to taste just a little bit different from Forex or VB. And and these guys, you can just sort of – it burns through the pages that these guys And you are- say that like it was the 70s, <laughs> yeah. but I was talking to chemists in the 2000s mm. at these companies, and they were saying same the same thing. thing. Yeah. We still have to make the beer that tastes like these people. And the difference between then, 20 years ago and now, is – just ridiculous. It's astonishing how, how much the game has changed, how much people have realised, oh, it doesn't all have to taste like that? Oh, wow. That's hey, incredible. Oh, uh, just to pivot back to the- Welcome back to my sports <laughs> yeah, podcast. Well, I just wanted to, to um, the other thing I really wanted to talk about this week was the 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 flare up again of the resting argument, which really gives me the shits, especially- In the NBA, the idea- Well, I hate it when the, the players are blamed for something that comes from the teams. Like Charles Barkley had some fucking cretinous comments about how the players were going to cop it in the next CBA negotiations because of all this resting. And I'm like, it comes from the teams. Yeah, the teams, the teams are the ones that are asking them to rest. Because why would the players be called to account so, for it? So there's sort of three parts to this, right? One is teams want to win. Resting is about winning. Like you're actually trying to win. Resting is about winning chips. Yeah. It's not about winning no. today's game. The, the second one is this this anecdotal fucking focus on the poor fan that misses out on. I flew 4,000 miles to be yeah, here. It's like, Notwithstanding the fact that on my Instagram, I flew 5,000 miles to go to the game last week yeah. and 8,000 miles to go to the game the, game the week before because I'm a fucking fraudster. Yeah. That's true, folks. Look it up on their fucking Instagram. It, the other thing that's irritating about that is that the reason this is an issue is that the NBA has pushed the idea of supporting players over teams. Mm. If you're turning up to follow up to watch a team play, you shouldn't give a fuck who's playing. Yeah. You're there to support the fucking team. That's right. If you go to watch Manchester United and fucking Harry Maguire isn't playing, you don't hold up a sign going, oh, boo-hoo, I need a photo in a fucking signed jersey. It's not expected that you see individual players when you fucking rock yeah. up. So NBA has got themselves down a very dark path with the idea of, of promoting superstars. And part of that's because it's, you know, five people on the floor rather than 11, like in a lot of the football coats. But only – this is a unique problem for the NBA. Well, the other thing is if you're in the front couple of rows of the MB, of an NBA game, you are re- you are in the most privileged, smallest portion of NBA fandom there is. And the game's not actually about a couple of people in the front row. Like you and I are never going to get to watch an NBA game live. Do you know what I want to? Do you know yeah. what I want to see? I want to see all. I want to see a healthy Denver team play a healthy Milwaukee team in the finals. That's what I want to see. I don't give a fuck yeah. about a random game in, in Cleveland in in January. Who cares? Well, to be to be honest, no, I will say that for the uh, what is probably more important to me is that I have a steady stream of inventory to watch yep. across the course of the and- year. But if there's one or two less games yes. a night. That's I'm oh. okay with that because on a nine game night I can't fucking watch, watch that. everything anyway. So peel a few of those off, and when at the moment I'm watching a hell of a lot of basketball, well I'm napping through a hell of a lot of basketball with the vid, uh, and sort of waking up halfway through and going, oh, fuck. how did Orlando lose that? Um, but you know, if they want to do the seventy two games, I don't think we'd notice no, that much. And- on a night-to-night If they basis. did something, and so that comes back to the owners, right? But they're not going to do it's it. It's not the players stopping the schedule being re- reduced to 62 or 72 games. It's the owners that are like, well, we don't want to miss out on that revenue. Um, 
Well, what's interesting though is, is there's been an interesting wrinkle in it is that the, a lot, the, one of the biggest regional sports networks, the ones that used to be the Fox networks and now the Bally networks, they're going to the wall. They might not be a going yeah. concern. So that means in the future, if you take them, if, if the NBA has forced to kind of think about doing a centralized model for broadcasting their games, much as the MLS yeah. does, basically the, the, the major league soccer, has decided to take all of the broadcasts in house. They will they will manage all of the broadcasts, and it's all and they've signed an exclusive deal with Apple TV, so that all of MLS, all of the games that would be like uh, regional games, you get through Apple well, TV. And that's why Apple, the, the NBA, might be might be obliged Apple to do that. Turn turn down the NFL because the NFL was like, no, no, we want to protect all. You know, they tried to get that Sunday ticket, and they told Apple, no, we want. Yeah. You know, we're going to protect this regional deal and this and this. And Apple's like. No, man. We actually want to do something interesting with this, and no, we want we want to offer it worldwide, and we and we're just going to roll it into. We'll we'll pay you whatever you want, but we're going to roll it. You know, we're we're going to absorb the cost. We're not going to charge people extra for the NFL. We want it all, and we want to just go. Everybody can get it. The NFL's fucking nuts, man. They could have like doubled the amount of people that like. If, if the NFL was- They're too focused on the American brand. They're yeah, just yeah. Too, too fucking focused on the American market. They don't understand. That's what, what why NFL is incredibly myopic. They're the biggest game in town in one in mm. one country. And the NBA is not going to overtake them, but they're still going to have a much bigger but, worldwide reach. But the, inter- the, one, the one interesting uh, sort of little tweak, I don't think it's a fix, but it is a tweak, is that- um, uh, Someone suggested putting it into the CBA that you can't get all NBA without a certain amount of games in a year. You know, so core. You know, if Kawhi wants that that extra salary that he gets for making all NBA teams, not that Kawhi's made an NBA all NBA team for a while, but you, you know, you you put you've got to play eighty percent of the games to be able to qualify for an all NBA team, and those all NBA teams. Are- yeah, but I don't think Kawhi's the problem. No. I don't think people doing a Kawhi is the problem. I think the problem is, you know, Jimmy. In the case the in point was Jimmy Butler wasn't playing on a random day. But, but Jimmy know, Jimmy the- Butler plays like he's a fucking kamikaze pilot from the Second World War. <laughs> like that's his problem. Well, the other, well, Jimmy Butler lose, doesn't play a lot of games. Yeah. That's how that works. But it's more things like there was some ridiculous back to back that meant that there was no way on earth that Jokic and Giannis would play against each other yeah. because Denver were coming in on a ludicrous back to back out of. From Memphis to Denver, yeah. it was like this was never going to happen. This is a purely a scheduled day off. It was insane that they this would ever. This you can't blame the no. players for and, this. And you can't blame the teams for this. This is entirely scheduling. Yeah, that's right. It's like go back to sixty-two games with a with a mid-season tournament that involves more of the bottom teams that are incentivized to, you know, get yeah. all the way through the tournament. And you might, and to be honest, with the death of the regional sports networks, if that's what happens, yep. with because that you know if it hasn't happened now, it probably will happen soon. Uh, that's probably more likely because it's those operations that are propping up the idea that we need max inventory. Yeah, yep. because the 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 national TV people don't need eighty two games; they just need the games that they want. They just need a good game or three a week. The other thing with that that mid season tournament, which I think is could be really really interesting, is. No, I, I, I don't think Americans are going to take to that just because socially it's not it's not in their remit. I just don't think they're going to get it. Yeah, and I just don't think they're everyone going to get was it. everyone was down on the playing tournament though, and I reckon that's been an awesome. Yeah, but that's different because you're still 
you're still competing for the ultimate prize of the thing. Mm. With the mid-season tournament, you're creating a different thing and saying, but this is also important. Yeah. And, well, and putting effort into this also important distracts you from competing for the big thing at the end. Unless it, unless it gives you like a second chance draw at the big thing at the end. Yeah, that's the only way to make it actually matter is that it even gives or, you, you know, big like things at the everyone end. Everyone says you, you can't do yeah. a draft pick, but, you know, so, something, but some sort of incentive. But that doesn't matter to the players. The, it might matter to the, competi- the team, but it's not mm. going to matter to the players. But I, don't I, could, want, I don't want you to draft my replacement. I could see that mid-season tournament being played exclusively in London, you know, move the NBA to London for two weeks or Mexico City for two weeks because, you know, the teams that get eliminated, you know, because it's it's supposed to be an elimination, you know, they can fly over, set up. Once they get eliminated, they can go home and basically have like a second all-star break, rehab their play. Like, you know, Go that's to Mallorca actually- for a fucking Ibiza for a uh, training camp. Yeah, like, the, like, you know, refresh. I think, I think the- um. I think the bubble season really gave them some ideas about how can we put a refresher into our players in the middle of the season so that they're, you know, not not basically zombies by game yeah. eighty two. Because um, you you can you can poke fun at it, but that was the best basketball oh, in terms of shooting awesome. percentage that a yeah. lot of people have ever played. Like whether the- that's sight lines or rest or lack of travel or whatever. That's what it was. I think that TJ um, Warren's never been the same. Jamal that, Murray's never been the same. That, yeah, that Denver Clippers and AD have never been the same. That Denver Clippers series is probably one of my all-time favorite series to have watched. Like that was just insane. Um, and who did it was did Denver beat Utah the same way the the, the round before? I think went three one down and then came back and won. Um, yeah, that was that. You know. Turns out when can't happen uh, if if um, Doc Rivers wasn't involved. <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, anyway, have you got any other NBA thoughts? Um, Denver are really good, even though they um, they just don't seem to be able to be stopped. Well, which it's, is great. For them. The, the other interest the the interesting thing about that is they've won a few big games without. Well, they won a few games without. Uh, like Murray had a few games off, and then yeah, um, Jokic Port- just been in and out over yeah. the last um, over the last few days. And they seem to have that belief of the side that you know we're really fucking good. Like Gordon, I, I, I say this every time. Gordon just must be like I know Orlando's good, but he must just be stoked that he's landed where he's landed. Like I was watching the Denver game the other day, he's bringing the ball up every time. Like just the confidence and the um. Uh, like he just doesn't look. You used to watch him on Orlando, and the poor dude just looked miserable. Like it's he like had too I'm, much to do. Basically, yeah, I've got he was trying to carry the day. T- too much responsibility and not enough fun. I wonder what he'd look like with Paolo Brancaro, though. Yeah, that's probably right. Or Franz. Franz is pretty good too. All of the above. They've got mm. a future in front of them, uh, Orlando. Yeah, Boston are, are leading off the East, but uh, weirdly have lost their last three. They? they got beaten by the Knicks. <laughs> Yesterday in overtime, which was a oh, always funny because we are Australasia's most mixed positive NBA adjacent podcast. When we're not Australasia's most Kangs uh, positive NBA adjacent podcast, uh, uh, did, Philadelphia have won six in a row, and Milwaukee have won three in a row, uh, and that's the top of the. Did, did you see the city of the New York absolutely gave a smackdown to Dolan, saying, "You know, we give you X amount of millions of dollars of tax breaks every year. You absolutely cannot." Um, 
use throw, facial recognition fa- facial software recognition to, 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 to throw stop out your enemies. Random people you have a grudge against from entering your grounds. Yeah, that, that was, that's pretty sickening because he's like he's blocking like lawyers who work for agencies who has who have launching business against him on unrelated issues mm. from entering like Radio City Music Hall for a to, scout to jamboree or stuff like that. He is a fucking fascist cunt. And yep. his music is shit and he needs to be fed to a wood chipper. Go fuck yourself, James Dolan, with the blunt end of a fucking whippersnipper. And we'd we'd never want to go and watch a game there anyway, so <laughs> Well, unless uh, it was Kags versus Knicks, because that would be the most podcast imaginable <laughs> fucking game of basketball. Um, uh, Halliburton is- I have to is, say, look, I, I, unironically, I want to say how lovely it's been to watch Sacramento be as good as they've been in the last little bit. I mean, we kind of have been hoping that they would come good over and over again, but this has been remarkable. I've really enjoyed it finally coming off. Well, Mike Brown, who I've always liked since the LeBron Cavs days, I always thought he yep. had a, a rough Yeah, rough deal there. Although he ended up being paid by like nine different teams <laughs> to, to not coach for anybody. Uh, and it's just, and they got so much shit for trading Halliburton. And, you know, Halliburton was a fucking tremendous player, although he's in, out injured at the moment. Um, well, and, that, that's one yeah. of the, the few where you feel both teams won the trade. Well, the paces are now sinking super quick, but that's kind of what they wanted anyway. A bit like the Jazz. They've suddenly just got it in, right, pull the ripcord. <laughs> Let's head to the bottom. We've had enough. But that's sort we, of proof. We, we've like, made our point, and now we'll be back next th- year. Th- that's that's almost proof, though, because they've lost those nine games. That essentially, Halliburton went out, and they just went <laughs> off a cliff. Um, yeah. The, yeah. The real test will be if the pace is then, you know, Fleck on Hield and Turner, then you know that they've they've really, ha- really have pulled the ripcord. If they uh, don't, you kind of wonder what the fuck they're the, doing. The trade deadline is like, is really going to be like a, an old school two Western. Weeks away, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's two, two and a half weeks before the deadline. But it's like a, an old school Western of, you know, who, who's holding their nerve in their pieces. You know, you've you've essentially got three, four sides there that could easily get down to a good draft pick: Pacers, Wizards, Bulls, Raptors. All have players that could make a big difference to the teams at the pointy end. You know, DeRozan to the Lakers could make them. <laughs> You know, the Lakers with DeRozan coming out of the play-in tournament would be probably a little bit scary. I don't uh, think the Lakers have enough to trade for DeRozan. The other thing is, mm. if Indiana drop out, then Chicago are in the play. Mm. So, and, they, and they really want to but, be but because then again, they, Toronto they are like are like just behind them, and Toronto are playing suddenly. They're playing really good basketball. They uh, yeah. they beat the Kangs, and then they they ran the uh, the Dubs reasonably close today. Yeah. And the Wizards have won four. So, yeah. Out of nowhere. Yeah. I didn't even see that coming. Yeah. It's fascinating to see who's going to go early, like who who's going to overpay to go early and then who's going to overpay to go late. You're you not know, trading who- three second-round picks for Rui Hachimura. That seems like a little bit over the odds. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Like everyone's like, oh, you know, the, the Lakers have done really good. So I'm like. Did, did they? They've done something. He's not. He's not starting for the te- the tenth best side in the East, and and you gave three second round picks. Like three second round picks for for the Grizzlies would be through three close to you know close to starting players. Like second yeah, round. But picks. I suspect the market is going to look like that. You know, but I yeah. think the fact that I mean, how much would Gobert went for like ninety seven firsts, mm. and he's pop. I think that. 
I think that we they're going to be trading a lot of everyone who's got that fuck them picks attitude, uh, apart from the Grizzlies. So I think a lot a lot of a lot of chips have to change hands in order to shift useful players, and we're going to see a lot of that in the next uh, two weeks. Yeah, yeah, and it'll be interesting. Like the Cav, the Cavs look, you know, one wing away from being a real contender. What? would happen to the Nets if they got, you know, if they traded Harris and a pick for, for another good rotation player and then got Durant back, you know, they, they could be pretty scary. Or if um, they just got Durant back. That, you know, the, the Knicks have a million, like that, that, they're a little bit quiet, you know, they're quietly a team that has lots of draft capital to be able to spend to get another player to yeah. get up to sixth or, you know, they're probably not going to catch fifth, but they could definitely get into sixth and not have to go through that plan like that. They would probably see that as a really big success. Being in a 3-6 series with a Milwaukee or a Brooklyn, for sure. Yeah. Look, I reckon they would back themselves in a 3-6 against Brooklyn because they would think we own New York. Our fans yeah. are going cra- to absolutely swarm their stadium. We're going to have seven home games in this series. Yeah. Let's just go at them. And they they know their guys, are, their, their league guys are, in, a, in an injury sense, fragile. Yeah. They'll just, they'll just run down their throat. Same, same with the Warriors. Like, I just feel the Warriors are just – uh, it, it's it's a real uh, a, a test of their ownership Seventh. in their front office. Like Bob Myers those- angling to leave? Question mark? Question mark? Exclamation mark? Interrobate? Yeah, interesting. I feel like that's more about pay me, motherfuckers. Well, if 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 Myers leaves and Kerr might just go. I, I, no, I my- think I think Kerr stays, but I understand why Myers doesn't want to be the person who has to. Trade all the guys he likes at the end, because he never was a GM in the first place. He was a converted agent. Yeah, and and his his loyalty is his well, professional he, he, loyalty historically is to the players. Yeah, I could see why he was like, I don't really want to have to do this. And, and he's on the really on the like record uh, about how distasteful he found having to trade Iguodala to Memphis to you know yeah. to make all that work. Like it made it work. He, cry, he cried when Kevin Durant went when he was yeah. being questioned. I, th- I think Bob Myers has been an excellent GM for this period of the Dubs mm. pathway. I think he would be not suited at all to the teardown rebuild part that might have to come. And that's possibly why he's leaned into the idea of let's try and rebuild on the fly and, and have both have all you know have our cake and eat it, which has not really worked out. Uh, but you understand why he wanted to do it because that way he gets to, you know, he gets to keep his friends and also build for the next time. But I, I got yeah, a, I got I a little mini, just a little mini prediction for you though. I reckon the Suns are going to finish fifth. Well, they're currently five hundred and they're ninth. Yeah. Um, they, they got they, they lost. Get, they got Cam Johnson back know, this week. week. Booker's back next week, and. They need Booker horribly badly. Well, and I think that they're going to get it. They, they're going to finally get something for Crowder because- They are currently the, the 29th ranked offense. The, the, mi- the minute that ink is wet, that dude is out of there. <laughs> like, I don't it, understand. Well, yeah, I think it's just a matter of, you know, we, we don't have anybody who can sign the fucking contracts. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much where they are. Mm. They've been horrid. Oh, dear. All right, Doc. Shall we come back and start our musical uh, journey for the year? I think we should do that. We should. 2023 starts now, and by now I mean in 
like four or five days. When I go and get a whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Doc. You needed to tie that phone. Gary has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. Still doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs>